Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer's Folk. Today we are diving deep into episode 120. Um, this is one of my favorite episodes for a few very small reasons. Mm-hmm. I have I have many favorite episodes of season one, and I'm allowed to do that because I can do what I want. I'm a grown woman. Yeah, no judgments here, baby. <laughs> but there are some like subtle things in this episode that I absolutely love. So that's what makes it one of my favorites. Mm. Uh, okay, so let's get to it. This one starts out with um, a photo shoot, and we don't know this guy who's in the photo shoot, but we find out he is going to be the poster boy for the uh, advertisement for the King of Babylon contest. So we follow the camera to the diner and the guys are there uh, hanging out and they're talking about the King of Babylon contest. And Justin's like, what is that? Because because it's an annual thing we find mm-hmm. out. And he wasn't there last year. He wasn't on the <laughs> avenue. So he wouldn't know what it is. Exactly. Uh, just like I didn't know. So they're telling us what it is. <laughs> um, and it's just, I, I feel like any excuse to have a contest at Babylon, to have guys stand on stage and strip, like, any excuse. Because <laughs> it seems like that every week. Yeah, I mean, every week is really back to the king of Babylon. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's what it seems like. It's always lit. You can never say Babylon is a dull place, yeah. ever. <laughs> it's popping. Uh, so that's what's coming up, the King of Babylon contest. And we find out that the winner gets $1,000 and a trip to the Bahamas. Remy my money, okay? <laughs> I would definitely be on the stage shaking my money monkey. My mama gave it to me. That's where I got it from. Yes. <laughs> Which, I mean, people do strange things for some change. So whatever. Yeah, you know, that's a whole bill. That's two bills. You know, I don't know. Don't be judging me, girl, because I'm over here calculating right now. Like, you know, I can put, you know, a little, little 300 over here. It's a little can, stimulus check. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I can do this. And that. Anyway, back to this. Go ahead. Uh, So they are you know, talking back and forth. And. Ted is there with Blake, and the guys notice that, and they are not really sure how to feel about that. Well, Emmett is sure how he feels about it, and he is not happy with it. He makes a comment that, um, oh, so they when they talk about the prize uh, money and the trip, he says, uh, you know, especially when you... Especially when you're on drugs. Like, you know, anybody will do it especially for this money, but also especially when you're on drugs. And clearly that's a shot at Blake. And some of them, they kind of don't know how to respond. You see Brian, he kind of looks over at Ted and Blake just to kind of, he doesn't say anything, but just to kind of check in. like Because he knows it's too much. Yeah, like, like whoa, that was kind of a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, he's going to reserve judgment. And also because Blake's not really a part of his day-to-day life. So he's just going to be like, you know, kind of whatever. And that's his philosophy anyway. Yeah. You do your own life. You do your own thing. But Michael and Emmett are making it a little bit more, Emmett more than anybody. But they're yeah. making it known how they feel about the situation with Ted and Blake. At the start of this scene, what did you feel? Uh, with, um... Them coming to the diner and seeing, uh, Blake and Ted together. For me seeing Blake and Ted together? Yeah, what was your, your thoughts? Well, I mean, I feel like they're making a run at this couple thing, you know, and so I was just like, okay, that's, they're two grown men. If that's what they're gonna do, then... My thing, I was happy. I thought at that moment that the group had accepted yeah. it, you know, like, Okay, I see where you're going. Because they yeah. looked so happy at the table, yeah. you know. If it was a picture, it looked perfect. Yeah. Perfect. But, um... In actuality, it was a right. lot of problems within that whole little setting right there. So Yeah, because I guess we would have assumed that sometime between last episode and this episode, they've come to terms with what's going on with, with yeah. Ted and Blake. But yeah, I, I guess not. Yeah. Okay, so the gang leaves the diner and they're walking uh, outside down the street together. 
And they're talking about if they're going to go, they're going to meet up at Babylon at 10 o'clock tonight. And um, Michael's like, I don't know. You know, Dave's got to get to bed. You know, it's kind of <laughs> late for him. And so then they start poking fun at him because he's dating this old man who's got to go to bed at 7 p.m. And he tells them, you know, I'll have you know that David gets up at five in the morning and goes for, you know, this jog. And in the background, you see Blake kind of does a little trot. <laughs> 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 just something subtle but cute back there uh so that's so he's like i don't know and then but he gets into a back and forth with brian and he's like and brian's like okay we'll invite him and then they they go back and forth like okay okay yeah, <laughs> but it was cute it was cute mm-hmm. just them being like brothers kind of mm-hmm. it was really cute and then but with this when they're talking they ask ted if he's gonna come and then Emmett, of course, is thinking that's probably not a good idea for Blake. And Brian's like, he's a gr- he's a big boy. Let him make his own decision. Yeah. And then Blake tells him that he's been going to meetings at the GLC, the Gay and Lesbian Center there. And so he's taking strides. So. No, he is. And he, he's not even, he's rising above. When they go low, you go high. Because right when he said he was taking courses at the Gay and Lesbian Center, Emmett had to come in with the shade. Yeah. He, oh, her, you've been a little busy bee. Like, yeah. just like, congratulations, or how's it going? I'm looking out for you. Because you know? he has got no faith in, in Blake. None at all. At um, all. So the couples decide, but then uh, Ted and Blake decide that they are going to go. Ted's like, Blake says, well, no, I can handle it. Yeah. You know, we'll go. And so, you know, everybody's like, okay, we're in. And uh, Emmett says, well, now I don't know. You know, he was the one <laughs> trying to get the group together. He's like, now I don't know. This is starting to feel perilously like a couple's night. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brian says, well, what do you think I am? Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> this is, I could just loop this next part. Like Justin runs up, grabs onto Brian's arm. He's like, hey, are we going to Babylon tonight? Yeah. And Emmett just dies. Perfect. <laughs> it was perfect. I died. I yeah. hollered. That was it too It was great. Because like, Brian, I know you like to think that you're single. And yeah. that's so cute that you think that. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, Good try. Good one. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you're in a whole couple, dude. Yeah, bro. That's a whole situation. Yeah. So over at Dr. David and Michael's home, Dr. David is doing some housework or some laundry or whatever. And he's wearing these jeans that have caught Michael's attention. Some jeans that he doesn't see very often. And mine, too. It got him at the doghouse with me. (laughs) (laughs) This is the best he looked. You did leave him in the doghouse. This is the best he looked. You know, he he came back looking real charming. Yeah. Well, uh, so Michael is telling him that they're going to go, him and his friends, they're going to go to the King of Babylon contest tonight. And... Dr. David's like, well, you know, I'm a little too old for that. Mm. And uh, but Michael's kind of talked to him and he's because he wants he wants to win against Brian. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, he wants him to come out because they're always making these like ageist jokes about Dr. David. And so I think Michael's using some reverse psychology, whether he knows it or not. I think that's what he's he used doing. it heavy okay yeah. and dr david too smart for that you a whole doctor out here in these streets <laughs> but dr david comes around and he decides that he is gonna go he's gonna go out tonight with michael uh so outside of babylon the gang is waiting for dr david and michael to arrive and you, they're kind of wondering if they're even going to show up because michael had said they were coming but they were a little bit skeptical they weren't sure <laughs> and uh they show up and dr david's looking good he's got his jeans on oh. and 
looking a little bit more relaxed than we usually see it. Yeah, no, it was. It was a good sight because normally he looks a little uptight, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, he's always on edge. He, I don't think he really enjoys being around um, the friends, maybe certain ones, but we already know there's one he just can't right. stand to be around. But yeah, he looked relaxed. Yeah, you know? and you know, Emmett's there kind of pumping him up. It's like, oh, you look good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Brian kind of grins and I think it's just like, all right, cool, he showed up and you know, he's looking the part. All right, cool. And then they walk into Babylon. And I want to point out that as they walk in, Brian has his arm around Justin. Yeah. We're not in a couple. <laughs> right. But we walk I'm into single. The club but together. He, yeah. He's yeah. totally like arm around him. The rest of the guys just kind of, you know, strolling in. But So confusing. Yeah. I I don't get it. I couldn't do that yo-yo with him mm-hmm. where, you know, it's so back and forth. But, you know, that's Brian Kenny. He's either like take what you got or nothing at all. Right. Well, and also, yeah, that is very much it. You take what he offers you, but also, like we've said, Justin does know how to read him well. And so those yeah. in-between moments or the, the moments where he is is being pushed away, he can handle that right. because he knows, okay, this is going to be made up for over here. Yes. So the gang gets inside Babylon and Ted offers to buy a round of drinks for everybody. And the guys all decline. They say they're going to the dance floor. And I think they decline for different reasons. But um, It came off as rude. Right. Because for two of them, for sure, I'm going to say Emmett and Michael, it's because they didn't really want to be around him and Blake. Yeah, which is understandable, but damn. Yeah. Okay. yeah they don't really know how to take him and how to handle that situation. So the gang, all they all go off to the dance floor to go dance and... Blake and Ted are still together. And what we see is there are a lot of triggers inside of Babylon. And really, for someone who's in recovery, it's pretty early to be jumping back into the club scene. The club scene. Mm-hmm. But he's feeling sure of himself. He's got Ted there. And so he feels like he can handle it. I don't think he's even feeling 100% sure of himself. He just don't want to disrupt any of Ted's normal life. He don't right. want to feel like he's the hindrance. You know, he's the handicap. Like, I want your life to still continue and me be a positive addition to it. Right. He doesn't want to be, right. He Mm -hmm. doesn't want to be any more of a burden. You're exactly right. Exactly. And even Ted, I think he's a little bit hesitant in some ways, but Blake just looks at him and he asks Ted to trust him. Mm -hmm. And then Ted's like, okay, I can do that. And so then they go and dance. And then comes in Sheba, the queen of Babylon. (laughs) And uh, she looks so royal. And I love this, this queen here. In just side note, the actor that they cast for this role was not a real drag queen, oh, and wow. so there was a whole lot of pressure because they wanted to do the role in a way that that sh- that was respectful to right. real drag queens, and so and I think they did well. I think they nailed it. I would have never known that that yeah. wasn't a real queen. <laughs> yeah. uh, that actor was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That was that was really good. I think yeah, he the costuming, the, show. the acting, I yeah. thought it was great. Yeah. It was perfect. I mean, he he was funny. He had great presence on stage. He gave you real, the real true essence of a drag queen. Right. Was really good. I've only been to one drag queen show, but I definitely got the same vibe from, from Sheba here. Yeah, but I love going to the show. So much energy. <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so love Sheba. And Brian is going through the crowd, and he and Justin are walking through there, and Brian's saying he's looking around at the contestants and everyone who's come out, and he said, you know, a bunch of shaved chests, with peck implants and uh you know all this like um superficial stuff that they have going on and justin's like yep and then all these older guys you know partying past their prime because they don't know when to stop and uh <laughs> you see brian's face that he didn't really like that what what yeah. justin is saying and then justin tells brian you know you're talking about all these this fake stuff out here and he's like well how about the real thing mm-hmm. basically well what about me i'm not like that brian had to be an ass 
as always. <laughs> yeah. And he ends up trying to like break Justin's little heart and tells him. Yeah, he says, well, check with me in an hour. And then Justin's like, wait a minute, am I just your backup plan? And Brian says, how many times do I have to tell you we're not a couple? Ugh. And then Justin challenges him. He's like, okay, well, what are we, Brian? Yeah, I, I loved it. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I think I said that. Like, go for it. Step up. Challenge his ass. Yeah. Brian tells him, well, I don't know about you, but I'm single. And Ugh. so he walks off. So there is one thing that I want to add in before we move on. When Justin is talking to Brian, he calls himself the real thing. And so that begs the question, well, what is the fake thing? Mm-hmm. And I think Brian is thinking that his ultimate pursuit or the ultimate win or prize would be the trick of the night, the next kill. But that's always fleeting. But Justin's interest in him and his in Justin is lasting. And so I think that's what he's getting at. He's like, you can go do this thing that you do every night and pretend that that's what's most important. That's what you really want. That's what really matters. But clearly you and I both know that there's some something real to what exists between us. There's something here that's beyond the surface level superficial stuff that Brian was just listing. That's what Justin is saying. And yeah, Justin is clearly getting a little frustrated with how things have been going. Because like we talked about last episode, it's been at least five months, probably more like six or seven that they've been doing whatever they're doing. Because it's getting close to graduation, for sure. Yeah, well, because it's probably, it's nearing spring because they mentioned uh, prom coming up in the Mm -hmm. last episode. Daphne Mm -hmm. mentioned that, and that's usually in the spring. This started after school started. So it's it's been a minute that they've been together. Yeah. And we know just how normal they are, how comfortable they are with each other because the last episode, Brian knew Justin's schedule. He's like, hey, should you be at school right now? Yeah. We know that Justin's staying nights at the loft. Yeah. And so yeah, Justin wants some answers. Like, okay, what's going on with us? What's going on here? Exactly. But of course, Brian's also, not ready to give that. Yeah, he is ride or die as well. Like he's the one who's always there for the emotional, uh, you know, distress yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're not that, why am I always here for you? Then? Yeah. You know, like, I'm just yeah, like, uh, or just like, what is, I know it's not nothing because at this point, not only do I keep coming back, you keep inviting me yeah. back, you keep welcoming me back. That so part. something is going on between us, whether you want to acknowledge it or label it, yeah. something's going on between us. But you have to be honest with yourself. You yeah. Know, like, and that's, basically. Brian's not there yet. He can't be honest with himself about whatever his feelings are toward Justin. And I think it's probably because they're so new to him. He's never Mm -hmm. had those type of feelings before. And so he doesn't even recognize them when they come up in him. Mm -hmm. And so he, and then he also doesn't like that he's having these feelings, you know? I believe it. I think that's what it is. No, I do. Yeah. Okay, so then we find Uncle Vic, and he is in the restroom relieving himself. And a guy comes up and takes the stall next to his. And the guy's kind of cruising him. Is that the right word? Yeah, it's right cruising. Use of that no, word? Yeah, no, you cru- <laughs> Good um, use of words, man. <laughs> okay. So he's being cruised by this guy. And Vic is a little shy because Vic thought he was going to die last year. Yeah. You know, he's an older man. And in the gay community, definitely at that time, it might yeah. be a little bit different now, but definitely at that time. It was scary. He's like, like a dinosaur. Yeah, exactly. But also he's got AIDS. And mm-hmm. so... Vic had pretty much taken himself off the the scene. He's yeah. not looking for any hookups, any relationships, or anything. And so here's this guy coming to him, and this is a you know fairly good looking guy. Mm-hmm. And so he's shy and he's kind of out of his element. He didn't know how to handle that yeah. situation. And so the guy asks him, "Do you want to do something?" And Vic tells him, "Well, public restrooms aren't my aren't my scene." Mm-hmm. And the guy says, "Well, how about we go somewhere else?" And so then we're kind of like, "Oh, okay." Oh, yeah, I was Let's- here for it. Like yeah. I was. 
somebody still seeing you know something in Uncle Vic. I was kind of interested to see where that was going to go. Vic isn't a bad looking man. No, um, he's not. A great personality. Yeah, great personality. Um, not bad looking at all. But I feel the reason why Vic is hesitant is because I guarantee you it's a hard pill to swallow that I have AIDS, not even HIV positive. It's hard to have that conversation with someone before you are, you know, intimate with someone, you know, yeah. so... I don't know. I think that's yeah. why he was hesitant. Yeah, that's, I'm, I believe that's definitely in the equation. That's definitely part of it. He just had a lot of class in the way he declined. Uh, so then over back at Babylon, we get to see something that I don't think we've done before. Uh, we get to, like, it's Emmett's inner voice. You know, it's his inner thoughts is what we hear on the screen. He's kind of walking uh-huh. through the club, you know, and then he spots from across the room the man of his dreams <laughs> there on the dance floor and they have this weird little dance but I'm here for it I was here for it <laughs> yeah. I loved it you know I love the different ways that they use Emmett for comedy and for yeah. entertainment because it's so real for Emmett like yeah. even if you look at it and you're like this is stupid this is silly but no, for it's Emmett true it's to so that character. real no yeah. it is it's true to that character yeah. it was perfect it yeah. was totally that character well and so last episode is when he told blake you know if you break his heart i'll break your face yeah and i believe that image just as much as i believe this image that's yep. like oh my gosh here he is mm-hmm. the man in my dream no <laughs> seriously know? like he yeah it's such a it's yeah everything is just so believable yeah. with him with it his is. character he's such a versatile character and just so much more than what they typically do with the effeminate mm-hmm. you know, queen-like character mm-hmm so, very smart use of, yeah, of that character. there's levels to him. Yeah. Okay, so uh, over at the bar, Dr. David and Michael and Brian are having a drink and they're talking. And Dr. David's complaining about the vanity of it all. He's like, oh, you know, this just exposes our obsession with youth and beauty and smooth muscled bodies. And it reveals our stunted adolescence and how superficial we are. And Brian doesn't buy it. He's like, you're just saying that because you feel like What about he wanted his ego? But maybe what what if he just wanted Michael to stroke his ego? But he's not really... Saying it in a way? He's not saying it in a way that would get Michael to re- to respond right. to him and, you know, in that way. But he got that smooth, muscled body. <laughs> <laughs> Back on track yeah. here. <laughs> um, uh, like I said, Brian doesn't buy it. And then he, like, goes in on him. He's like, I think you're just being hypocritical. Uh, you're jealous, sexually frustrated. Or, you know, people who say that. He yeah. Was, yeah, people who, um, who say that. He didn't just go in on Dr. David. He meant that for the both of them. Like he, <laughs> well, yeah. he roasted both of them. I together. think so, but I think the reason that he does it is because Dr. David just caught him at the wrong time. And I think it's also because of what Justin said before when Justin yeah. was like these aging, these yeah. older men saying past their prime. Mm-hmm. Brian is uh, still 29 at this point, but quickly approaching turning 30. And so he that's in the back of his mind. Yeah. I mean, also, you know, Justin is pressuring Brian for some answers. And we know that when Brian gets uncomfortable with emotions and when things get too real, when they get too close, he has to act out. He needs to. So that's what we see him. He's needing to prove that he's single, that he's unattached. And so I think even though Dr. David's words are necessarily directed at him, he's taking it that way. And it's not necessarily that Brian is vain, but his looks and his age, that's very important to him. He feels like a lot of his worth is wrapped up in that. Really kind of all of his worth. Yeah. Because we know he got childhood issues Absolutely. all of his worth is wrapped up in his looks and his sexuality so when justin said that to him even though justin wasn't trying to cut at him necessarily brian got offended by that right mm-hmm. so he took it out on on them well he gave it to him 
Oh yeah, he did. <laughs> he ripped them and to um, uh, so then we see Sheba, and she's over on a smoke break, and Justin's there, and she asks him, "What's with the long face?" And Justin tells her, "You know, it's this guy, and he takes me for granted." And she says, "A walking wet dream like you, you can have anyone you want." <laughs> and and Justin says, "I know," <laughs> but he doesn't say so like a super. Well, I don't think he's being super cocky. He's just like, no, no, no. "I know who I am." You don't have to be cocky when you vain no that- <laughs> he could have been like you know, confident like, thank you is. yeah, yeah. A little bit overly confident yeah, well, that's called conceited uh, no i don't think he was no. being conceited i think he was just i think a he was saying, dream like you you're just saying thank you for could you just basically okay if she would have said you're hot and that's just him saying thank you but a walking wet dream, like, baby, that mean like she's licking you up. Okay. Well, and, you I, know, <laughs> and you don't be like, I'm learning the different categories of compliments. I, so I, I know. <laughs> yeah. But I think he was just saying, I know that I could have somebody else, but that's the person that I want. And I don't know why they don't get that. Yeah. That's, I felt like he's more coming from either from way. <laughs> both of them sounds good. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, <laughs> either way. Uh, he says, I know, and he says, it's irritating. And then Shiva says, well, maybe he needs to know it. Maybe everybody needs to know it. Uh, so then we go over in, to the diner, and Deb gets a phone call, and it's Vic. And we find out that he's been arrested, and he's being charged with indecent exposure. Ugh. And he asks her to, to bring his meds because he should have taken them an hour ago. Mm. And when I first watched this episode, it was in 2019, and so... I did a quick little Google search on these like bathroom stings. And this was a thing that cops did to men that they suspected were, were gay or they knew were gay. They would intentionally go and do this and, or they would actually get the guys to engage in some sexual act with them. And in the middle of it, they would be like, stop, you're under arrest or whatever. True. But so let's not be awful. fooled though, because that really does happen no, Here recently. Yeah. Well, like I said, like that was, I mean, in two, in 2019, well, it's probably still going on. Like you said, I just haven't looked at it lately, but they still do that. Cops are still setting people up and That's arresting them. Yeah, it, it really is. But mm-hmm. they don't get any. I won't even get into that. Word, it's your word against my word. But I was I was upset with that cop in the bathroom. You know, like Vic was very clear about, hey, public restrooms is not my thing. Mm-hmm. Or can we do something else? Maybe I'll entertain that. You know, mm-hmm. like we don't know that conversation happened after that. But the fact that he said no in the restroom, hell, it should have stopped there, especially if you was trying to do a job or your service, right. you know, if you was there to catch someone. The fact that this person said no, and he could, yeah, it was no one else in the restroom. Right. You clearly was cruising him. He could have easily t- taken that bait, but he said no. So the fact that you tried to do entrapment and then create these fa- false claims. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's well, hideous. Well, I mean, it's the disgusting. thing is, he approached Vic. Yeah. <laughs> like, it'd be one thing if Vic, Vic approached, approached him, him. Yeah. and the guy was like, no, now you're under arrest. Yeah. But he approached Vic. And then, like you said, Vic said, no, no, thank you. Very Definitely clear. not in a public restroom. Yeah. And because Vic probably knows this, Vic lived through, he would have lived yeah. through the 70s and the 80s where Absolutely. cops were always raiding yep. gay establishments. And uh, especially because we know he spent time in New York. Yep. So he knows, even if he didn't, didn't suspect that guy, he knew I had to be careful with how I conduct myself yep. in public places. So, yeah, just awful. And I hate that that kind of stuff still happens in the mm-hmm. world. I'm so glad that they brought that up on the show because it is a real thing. And attention needs to be brought to that. But I hate that Vic had to go through it. 
So then we go back over to Babylon where Emmett is living his fairy tale in the <laughs> middle of everything that's going on at Babylon tonight. And they head to the back room to get more acquainted. <laughs> I was so happy. This is his, for real, season one debut in the back room. For we, Emmett, we, it yeah. is. Yeah. We I mean, we guess he's been back, back there, but we haven't seen him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, we, I mean, come on. Clearly now, Emmett is. It's fine. Like I love Emmett. Okay. Yeah, it's I love great. His, yeah, beautiful his energy. He's beautiful. His, his, he's just popping. Like he really is. Like all the colors of the rainbow. Uh, <laughs> that's when I see him. That's what I see. Like I see all of it because you, he, like you said, a very diverse character. Yeah. Um, but he made his back room debut. And it was <laughs> fire. He even got a um a applause. Did he, they that? did. They did get an applause for the show they put <laughs> on back there. <laughs> Come through. Um, something I noticed that. Emmett's shirt is one that we saw before, but this time it's got duct tape over the little, there's like a window on it, on his, <laughs> on his pecs, and this time he's got duct tape over it. So, you know, not only is, is his character versatile, his wardrobe yeah. is as well. <laughs> he's creative with it, girl. Yeah. So back at the bar, uh, Ted, da- Dr. David, Blake, Michael, and Brian are there, and Blake says that he needs to go to the to the restroom and Michael's like, Hey, don't you think you should follow him? And they're all kind of like, yeah, maybe you should. Cause you remember what happened last time he was Shade. in the bathroom. Yes. Yeah. And you get where they're coming from yeah. because it hasn't been that long no. since he was blacked out on the bathroom floor. You get where they're coming from. And you got to crawl know. before you walk and he's letting Blake run. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. It's just, yeah, yeah it's tricky. <laughs> it is but, very but, tricky. If you do not have trust, you have nothing. Right. So, I mean, it's a tricky situation. And the thing is, you know? the truth is, Ted's not going to be able to be with Blake for every single minute of every day. Ted yeah. has a job. And mm-hmm. so, and then Ted said, no, we can go. I can handle it. We can go to Babylon tonight. I can handle it. And so, Blake said that. I'm sorry. Yeah, Blake said mm-hmm. that. And so, he's got to be able to take him at his word because Blake asked him to trust him. And mm-hmm. so... So I get what's going on, but it's just tricky <laughs> for the friends involved. It is, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. I um, love that the friends are very protective, though. Like, I mean, yeah, I so do love that they're protective sweet. because they all, what they also remember, in addition to Blake yeah. being on the bathroom floor, is Ted being in that coma. Yep. You know? With no one there to save him. Right, so... Mm-hmm. Or watch over him, I mean, because he at, did when, call yeah, the ambulance, apartment. but... Right. That's some shitty shit. You Yeah, they yeah. <laughs> uh so Blake does leave and Ted doesn't go follow him, but he's kind of get, getting a little frustrated and a little bit over the way his friends are reacting. Well, then Emmett comes up and he introduces them to to his love <laughs> and well, he doesn't even know his name <laughs> to introduce him. But then he's like, oh, this is Brent. Well, the gang immediately welcomes him, invites him over to the bar for a drink. Girl, and Ted died. notices this and yeah. is just like, you know, forget you guys. <laughs> and my thing is, Michael noticed what he did, too, because he mm-hmm. chases right after sure Ted. Does, and he's yeah. like, hey, what is wrong with you? Well, you know what the hell is wrong with me. Yeah. And he says that, well, he doesn't know what to say or how to handle things. Which and, is true. Yeah, which is true. And Ted says, you know, I expected you, Michael, above anybody else to give him a chance. Because he knows that Michael has that big heart, but also... The crush that he had on Michael, he thought it was supposed to bleed through? No, Michael has a big heart, but at the same time, Brad, like Michael said, what? I don't have anything to say to the man. Like, what? Uh, you almost killed my best friend and he yeah. found you on the bathroom floor? Like, yeah. for real. Like, what is that conversation going to be like? Yeah. And, and just, yeah, like, hey, happy to see you. It was just, and, they don't really, and they don't know him. Now, true, they've not made much of an effort to get yeah. to know him. They're just doing it based on what they've seen. But remember when 
Well, I don't know. Because remember, the first episode where we meet Blake, I think it's 103, um, he walks by and they say they recognize him from the gym, but they somebody already makes a comment there that he was like a tweaked out yeah, tweak or something. Yeah. I don't know if they were just assuming that, if they actually had seen him be that way. So maybe they've only seen... Right. They've the not parts. seen the side of Blake that Ted has. Mm-hmm, true. Yeah. True, true, true. Anyway, yeah. So Michael doesn't know how to handle it. Ted's upset because his friends won't even try. Yeah. At all. They haven't put any effort. Hell, except for Brian. And that, it was real subtle. He was like, let him make his own decision if he can come. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. But, um, he, you know, but Brian's not going to go, like, make friends. I mean, he barely does that with Ted. Yeah, like, they're <laughs> so, barely friends. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so Deb goes to Mel and Lindsay, and she's banging on the door. And Mel comes down because she needs legal help. Mm-hmm. Ted Vic needs a lawyer. And she tells him Vic got arrested because... Um, whatever this this cop arrested him and Lindsay's like well I wonder what he did or whatever and Debbie like quickly yeah. gets her together yeah like cause it was indecent exposure you mm-hmm. know and um, she was like well if he's innocent well I didn't like that tone either you yeah know, like girl don't don't go get back in the bed okay Cause, like, yeah cause it's almost like she was questioning yeah. cause Debbie was saying like he needs help mm-hmm. they, they're treating him unfairly and it's like Lindsay was almost questioning like well how could why would they do that yeah like, like the police don't lie yeah like, like oh girl. Lindsay take your yeah girl you're not even a lawyer self back okay? upstairs you barely started working again go get guys and yeah. just stay out of this please <laughs> you know Melanie of course is gonna help I think anytime anybody in the family has any type of legal issue I'm, I'm not even sure what type of law Melanie does, but For real. I guess it's just all kinds. But uh, anytime somebody's got legal trouble, they Yo, call this, on Melanie. This is the best group of friends for one. For what if you ever in trouble, yes, you call Mel, okay? If you need to budget your money right, you call Ted, okay? Yeah. <laughs> if you need to shop and get fresh, you call Emmett, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. If you need to go out to a high-end dinner, you call Justin because he's going to get your etiquette, you know what I'm saying, together, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <clears throat> if you want to go grocery shopping on a budget, call Michael because the big Q got all the sales. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And when you need to borrow some money. Yeah, that's what you call Brian. <laughs> you call Brian. Yeah, you get I home-cooked love, meal, call yeah, Debbie. For real. You know what I'm saying? When yeah. you need a joke, call Uncle Vic. Yeah. Like, they're the best group. They, they really are. are. They are their own village. Yeah, yeah I love it. Uh, we go back over to Babylon and Justin goes to check in with Brian because it's almost been an hour and Brian's like, well, you know, it hadn't been a full hour yet and he's looking down on the dance floor trying to find his prey and Justin starts shading Brian's potential trick. He's <laughs> you know, like, oh, he's got acne or he's, you know, this or whatever. And just got over a terrible case of gonorrhea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a tragic endowment. That's Yo, what it yeah, was. tragic endowment. Tra- a tragic. One. I'm using that. Like that, <laughs> that's going to be trending now yeah, in 2021. Yeah. And of course, Justin's just saying that to mess Get with under Brian. His skin. Yeah. yeah. But he tells Brian, you know, well, don't wait too long because by then I might have other plans. And then just kind of leaves him standing there. So we do go into the bathroom where Blake is and his dealer approaches him and he's trying to say, hey, I got I got some good stuff here for a good price. It's yours if you want it. And Blake says, no, he's like, nope, I'm not doing it. Don't want it. Not interested. So he walks out of the bathroom in the restroom and he finds Ted there. And at first he's kind of like, have you been 
following me? Yeah. Are, you, are you checking in on me? Like, I told you to trust me. Yeah, I feel like you're questioning me mm-hmm. right now. And really, it's just that Ted needed a break from the friends and so yeah. came looking for him because he was upset with, with the rest of the gang. And I love that Ted never tells him, because, you know, Blake, he can feel the nastiness. Yeah. You know he can, but, you know, he just pushes it out of his mind. Mm-hmm. And I love how Ted never, you know, ever brings it up to him, never tells him the nasty things they say. Um, you know, he... Like like you said, it appeared to be that he was stalking him, not trusting him. But he was like, no, I, I just want to break from them. Like, I basically yeah, want to be with you. I'd rather be over yeah. here with you. And then and then to Blake's credit, he's trying to, Get he doesn't want to come between them. Yeah. And so he's like, well, let's go hang out with your friends. And that's when Ted says, I'd rather be here yeah. with you. But I think it's probably good for them to check in with each other. Because now we're getting some meat and potato of this relationship because yeah. it's not just surface anymore. Right. They're really talking about how they feel for one another. Mm-hmm. And I love how um, Ted is there for the struggle. Like he knows what right. he's getting into, you know, but he's investing everything into right. Blake. And I love that he's open about it. I just hope that the friends come around to see it. Yeah, because I'm rooting for this relationship. Mm-hmm. I really am. Yeah. Uh, so we, another relationship, we get back to our fairy tale with Emmett and Brent. And I love the music here. And there's some red rose petals falling <laughs> as they walk up the stairs. And it's just beautiful. It is. Like, they really are and truly are soulmates. I mean, <laughs> you can see the love and, and, and the happiness in their eyes. Yeah. And I love that. It's just so weird. It's yeah, so right. It's so is. perfect for Emmett. <laughs> it, it was perfect. Like, hell, I love him. Like, yeah. I feel like they've been together for 15 years. Yeah. And so Brent, his eyes wander a little bit, and then he says that he'll be right back. And then Emmett tells him, well, I'll be here waiting. Uh, so then we go down and check in with Dr. David, and he's ready to go at this point. And Brian tells him, well, hey, don't leave yet. You'll miss my big number. <laughs> and so Sheba comes up to announce the next contestant for the King of Babylon contest. And she says... You know, our next contestant loves younger men. Mm. He loves feeling superior. Mm. And uh, his be- his uh, favorite skill is, or his best skill is manipulating people. And that just really lets us know what Brian thinks about Dr. Dr. David. David. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he thinks that he's manipulating Michael because we've seen Michael changing. You know, yeah. we've seen him, I guess, trying to act more like Dr. David, yeah. trying to fit uh-huh. more into his circle. And mm-hmm. so he feels like he's being manipulated by right. Dr. David. Um, but he also thinks that he likes to feel superior, which sometimes well, I believe he does. in that. I believe in the first two, the the uh, manipulation. I'm on the fence with that. No, the Me way too. you described it, yeah, I can get it. But the first two, for sure. Yeah, but I'm on the fence with the manipulation too because a lot of it is Michael doing this on his own. On his own, because what we've said this many times, Michael doesn't really know who he is, yeah. and so he just morphs into. He's like a chameleon, you know. He just morphs mm-hmm. into whatever environment he's in, yeah. According to how he understands that environment, and so that's why in that episode where they had the party at at, at their the house. their house, uh-huh. the fundraiser. He was acting over the top, and Dr. David was totally like, cool, normal. you know? Yeah. And so... Michael ruined everyone's time. Right. You know? So it's not necessarily that he's being manipulated into change. Maybe in some things here and there. Right. Um, You're just introducing him to a different lifestyle. Right. And, and, and we know that change. Dr. David has some controlling yeah, ways about yeah. him. So I do want to... We, uh, we acknowledge that, but I it's not all manipulation. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is just Michael trying to figure himself out. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so anyway... Dr. David, Brian signed up Dr. David for the the contest and Michael's kind of upset that Brian did it. Uh, Brian's like, well, you know, what, whatever, you don't have to, if you don't want to, it's whatever. But Dr. David thinks about it for a minute and he's like, all right, fine, I'm gonna go for it. <laughs> he only said he gonna go for it because Michael shaded Dr. David. 
I don't remember exactly what Michael said, but basically he called him old. Yeah. <laughs> like, David's not going to get up there to his age. Yeah, this is so, yeah, this is beneath him and yeah. whatever. And, yeah, but Dr. David's David like, has his own points to prove, and so he gets yeah. up and goes over there. And, and and he kills it. David is fine as hell, y'all, okay? <laughs> he has that smooth body, those chiseled muscles, okay? And he's distinguished. We love him. <laughs> Uh, Ken loves him. I um... well, you know more than I know, so you're not you're not spilling the tea. Okay, so when he first gets up on stage, Michael looks a combination of embarrassed and jealous. Uh, <laughs> I can't really make it out, but Dr. Davis having a good time, you know, with the crowds responding to him well. And something that he said in that episode when we found him in the baths was. Sometimes he needs that, that attention from yeah. other men. And he yep. wants to be admired. And mm-hmm. he wants to be rem- reminded that, that he's, he's handsome and it. he's a catch. Yeah, yeah, that he's still got it. And so, yeah, I think I think he, he likes that. But we got to that point basically because Brian critiques Dr. David's critique. <laughs> David feels like he's outgrown these shallow pursuits and interests. And But was he not at the baths last week? Or That part. That part. <laughs> no, for real. That must have been another Dr. David but anyway, Brian signs him up thinking that he can sort of shame Dr. David, but it almost backfires, but really in Brian's favor, I don't know. Uh, like he's saying you would do this if you were young and, and hot, and that's what it ends up being. I mean, Dr. David absolutely loves being fond over, but if he doesn't do it, then what Brian, the other thing Brian said is true, that you're too stuck up you're too pretentious to have to have fun or you're a hypocrite so those were his two choices to be stuck up and be a snob or be a hypocrite (laughs) so but dr david is all into it he like rips his shirt (laughs) and then throws it into the crowd and michael just kind of turns his turns around he can't even watch girl he was definitely jealous but at the same time i bet he's like that's my man yeah that's mine that's coming home with me yes he has bragging (laughs) rights for once yeah but he's bothered by and i think this goes back to what we were saying like david's up there he's like fine okay you want to make a joke about me i'll flip i'll flip it on his head you know i'll Mm -hmm. go I'll go enjoy it instead of feeling like, you know, you put me on the spot and you tried to embarrass me. Like, I was going to enjoy yeah. it. And but the, but, Michael, but oh. then, yeah, but then Michael is like, oh, I can't believe he would do that. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I, yeah, he's not being manipulated. That's just Not Michael. at all. And also, Michael never gets to shine, really. You know, he's he's always, even if he got to meet the superhero, he would be the sidekick. Oh, yeah. He's you, definitely you know? the sidekick personality. Yeah. He he never gets a shine. David is someone who didn't even want to go to the King of Babylon show. Yeah. Is shining at the Babylon show. Yeah. You know, Brian is going to always be Brian and shine. Emmett just found the love of his life. You yes. Know? And Ted has disappeared <laughs> on the ass for the last hour. You know, like he never gets to shine. You know, yeah, so but I, that's he's just, jealous. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think he is jealous because, but that's also just like not his. Michael doesn't go for things really, yeah, you know. He's always he, safe. He's content. Yeah, he's safe. He's mm-hmm. content to say, uh, well, I don't want to say he's content to say in the background because that's not exactly it. I think Michael's just fearful of change, and so he'll huff and puff when he doesn't like how something's going. But he's not always going to just take initiative to go change something. He sounds like a cancer. Like his birth- his birthday is June and July. <laughs> for real, like it you could know, be. I don't they don't know. like change and. You know, they're going to huff and puff, but still Well, no, he wouldn't anyway. be in June and July because we've had his birthday, and it would have been in the fall or the winter. So he's Scorpio. Could okay. be. I don't know. <laughs> they're compatible. Yeah. Uh, so over at the police station, Deb and Mel are there, and they're trying to get some answers for um, 
for Vic, they find out that his bail is set at $5,000 because he had a, a prior arrest. And we find out it's because he had a joint in the car. Well, it turns out that it he, seems it like it was his. Debbie's. Yeah, yeah. It, it for sure wasn't his, but it seems like it was Debbie's mm-hmm. uh, based on the story that she gives. It seems like it was hers. And she's like, well, he, she said, even when we were kids, he would never squeal on me. And then right there, that's like a, a testament to his character. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Mm-hmm. Yo, even when it wasn't even him getting in trouble, right. he took the blame. Mm-hmm. Same difference here. Like, I didn't do this shit, but I'm being persecuted yeah, for he's, it, Yeah, know? willing to sacrifice himself if yeah. he has to. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, says a lot about, about Vic and his character. Uh, so she tells the, the sergeant there at the desk that he needs his medicine. And he's like, well, what's wrong with him? And she says... He's HIV positive. And the guy says, figures. And then just, me yeah, off. heartless guy. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, the guy needs his medicine. Let's get it to him, you know? Please. Um, but this whole this whole police department, they need, yeah, an internal investigation. They do. Yeah. Back at Babylon, uh, Dr. David has come off the stage and he's getting all the digits. <laughs> Everybody's like passing him their, their business cards. Uh-huh. And Michael walks over and he's like, nope, this is my man. He <laughs> takes all the numbers and tears them up. In front of him, okay? He yeah. let it be known. This is mine. Bag, bag. Yeah, grabs Dr. David by the ear and marches him right back over to the bar. <laughs> I love the jealousy on him, though. It was so cute. The yeah. interaction was everything for me. Uh, and then... So when we see them move out of the way, we see Justin walking through the crowd and probably looking for Brian. And he sees him and he sees that Brian has reeled in his target for the night. The guy (laughs) that he was eyeing earlier, he's gone to fetch him. And, uh, you know, he's kind of like, here we go. Or here here he goes with the games again. And so then he goes over and has a quick chat with uh, Queen Sheba. I loved it. So Queen Sheba goes to announce our next contestant, and uh, she says that he loves Powerpuff Girls, he loves margaritas, <laughs> and older men who take him for granted. And out comes Justin Taylor. <laughs> With the shirt tied up. Okay. Yeah. He put together an ensemble outfit. I know. They did a number on that yes. little tank top he was wearing. Okay. Yeah, okay. Threw a hat on. And yes. <laughs> he looked sexy. He hit that stage, and he would set that mug on fire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I love how the guys were cheering for him. Emmett and Michael and even Ted and Blake, they were all like, Woo, you go, Justin, you go, yeah. baby. And you see Brian in the back. He tried to pay oh, yeah. he tried to like the, like not pay attention, try to kiss the guy. But Justin is demanding and commanding all attention. Yeah, even the guy who Brian has next to him, his eyes are on Justin. Yeah, and so Brian, yeah, like you said, tries to distract him by kissing him, and the guy's like, wait a minute, I'm trying to see something here. Sorry. Uh, And Justin is killing it on stage as this high school confidential song is playing. (laughs) I died. Okay, they run for that. (laughs) But really, High School Confidential is by Rough Trade is like the perfect song. Um, The lyrics, I'm take a few liberties with them but it's like he makes my body twitch i want him so much i feel sick uh it's just perfect then it goes on it's like who's that guy um is he screwing with him or something like that but yeah it's great and perfect for this moment (laughs) uh but he is working the pole and those tidy whities and um yeah the confidence is just oozing out of him Mm -hmm. and i love that he was like you know what you want to try me? I'm the new and improved you. Okay. Yeah. You taught me everything I needed to know. And I'm a I'm a take from you what you thought you were gonna do to me. And he proved to him, like, yeah. don't try me, baby. Don't you good try. Yeah, okay? well, he is just doing exactly what Queen Sheba says. Like he needs to know yeah. that you can have anybody, you yeah. know, and that any you know, anybody here will be happy to you know take you home tonight. Yeah. But I choose you. Mm-hmm. You know, so 
I love that. I love that. I love how he put on that show. He had all the confidence there. He knew that he killed it. He set out and want, he did what he set out to do. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I love when this part of Justin Taylor shows up, mm-hmm. you know, cause we see him be hurt by what Brian's doing initially, but then he goes, he's like, Nope, I got a plan. And he goes over to Queen Sheba and that's how he ends up on this stage. So I love when that part of him yeah. comes out that, that fight and that tenacity mm-hmm. in him. Yes. That's what it yeah. is. That fight mm-hmm. and that tenacity. Love, love it. it. Yeah. Uh, so then Emmett, you know, after watching the show, he goes off to look for Brent and Brent comes up to him and Emmett's like, oh, is that cologne on you? <laughs> he says, uh, well, I didn't know you. I didn't know you. you had, I don't remember you ever wearing it. And Brent's like, I just started. <laughs> and Emmett says, what's up? You seem distant. And then Brent says, well, I can't lie to you. Uh, when we've meant so much to each other, I've met someone else. Like, weird. Okay. I am dead. <laughs> they are so dramatic yes this yes. is too funny but like, this is the kind of relationship that i expect for emma at I this do. point in season one yeah th- th- literally this reminds me of like one of those cheesy love novels yeah you know, like oh my god I, that's thing all we needed for them to meet we needed them just floating across the room and <laughs> the lights fight i mean they were basically on. there yeah, yeah. but well, oh my god, this is funny Keep but do you remember his last relationship with katsuo the the, the prostitute that didn't yeah. speak uh-huh. english so, oh my god so yeah that's why this Perfect. is a this is a believable yes, relationship absolutely. for emmet um so back over on stage justin finishes his routine and he tosses his hat, hat out into the crowd and then we get a a, a little scene here with Emmett and Brent's very dramatic breakup. I mean, the breakup has to be just as dramatic as the relationship was. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But for Emmett, when it's real, it's real. And he tells him, you know, I gave you the best minutes, minutes of my life. <laughs> I think at that point he's realized, okay, maybe this is a little bit over the top. Yeah. He was like, I met someone else. He said, we've only been together an hour and 45 yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah. At what point could you have met someone else? But... Yeah, it can happen fast, I guess. Oh, my God, that was no good. Uh, Back (laughs) at the police station, Debbie is talking to the sergeant at the desk, and she's trying to make nice with him, trying a different tactic rather than just, you know, yelling at him. And she's she's, trying to pull out his humanity, asks him, don't you have somebody in your life that you have to look after and, you know, that you care about? And he shares a story about his sister but then that crashes and burns because he doesn't even have a good relationship with his sister. Uh, and Debbie's like, it's just a few pills that he needs. But you know what? I love that she's never going to stop. The man told her, no, it's against the regulations and rules. He's not going to do it. But like you said, she tried a different approach. Yeah. You know, and I was hoping that it would actually, you know, break through to this man because I don't care what you feel about gay, you know, right. straight, whatever, whatever, you know, your thoughts on it. We're human first. Yeah, because... She's just trying to get him to be, to care about another human, yeah. whether they're gay or straight. She's just Absolutely. trying to get him to care about another human being. Yes. Uh, and then she's just thinking, how are we going to get $5,000? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, she was just at work and then she gets a phone call and it's like, okay, now you need $5,000. And Life I just changing. don't think Debbie's got money put away like that, no. especially because we know that they had racked up, bringing up that huge credit card bill. For that, that final gonna, trip uh-huh, for Vic. And uh-huh. so they're probably paying that back. And we know Michael's having to help them out. That's why he got the promotion at work. Yep. So, yeah, she just doesn't have it like that sitting in the bank. Um, 
back over at uh, Babylon, Queen, Queen Sheba is announcing the winner, and Justin Taylor is the new king of Babylon. Oh, my God, <laughs> And the guy sitting next to Brian is, like, cheering so loudly and jumping up and down for him, and Brian looks at him just, like, disgusted. Rolled his <laughs> eyes. Okay. Yeah. And so Sheba hugs Justin and whispers in his ear, well, you know, that guy won't be taking you for granted any longer. I was so happy. I was here for it. I was like, Justin Taylor won. And so um, after she gives him the crown and gives him the hug, Brian and Justin, their eyes meet. And it's almost like Brian's like, okay, you proved your point. Yeah. Kind of thing. Well, so Justin comes down off the stage and walks over to where Brian Brian's standing with the other guy. And he says, well, did you see me? And he's like... Yeah, and then the guy who's with me is like, oh my gosh, you know him? Like, just in some, you know, celebrities, like, you know him? And Brian says, I taught him everything he knows. And Justin says, well, not how to dance. And two things. One, a a joke in the Queer Folk fandom is that Brian is not a great, not a good dancer at all. And so some people think it's Justin taking a dig at him with Uh that. And it could be a little bit, but I also think it's Justin saying, no, this victory is mine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like... Mm -hmm. I taught myself how to dance. You had nothing to do with this. Absolutely. Like, don't try to take any any credit for, for this. This is yeah. my victory. Oh, totally. For yeah. real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Justin is like, I'm done with you, Brian. Looks over at the guy and he's like, what's your name? It's Sean. <laughs> Justin <laughs> says, you're hot. I've been watching you. And the guy is like, oh, my you gosh. Have? You were watching me? <laughs> yeah. And so then, you know, he's starting to move over toward Justin. And Brian looks at Justin and says, well, I thought we had plans. And Justin's like, yeah, but I told you, you know, yeah, you said if, if you didn't find anything better, but I told you I might have plans at that point to that myself. Point. Okay. And Sean's like, um, a threesome. Yeah. But he's kind of old. <laughs> yeah. So Brian got roasted yeah, too. Yeah. Well, and Justin calls Brian his stalker. And this is the exact conversation that they had in episode 102. Yeah. When Mr. Um, the guy uh, shows up. Uh, Mr. Goodfuck. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> because remember, he's in there and Justin uh-huh. comes to the door and he's like, yeah. oh, it's my stalker. And the guy's like, well, we could do a three way, but he's kind of young. But this yeah, time, the guy's like, he's kind of old. Yeah. yeah. And then Justin says, and we're also kind of leaving. Yeah. I I love so, it. Yeah. I absolutely love it because at this point, Brian's like, okay, you've had your fun. You proved your point. Like, whatever. Let's let's drop the, the games. But, and so Justin could have said, okay, cool. Well, now let's go to the loft. But right. Justin's like, nope, I'm following through with this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, Brian would have. So, of course he yeah, would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was planning to. And so, yeah, Justin's like, nope, we're going. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then we go over and we see Dr. David and on the dance floor and he is still feeling himself there <laughs> having a great two time. little hotties Yeah, on him. I mean, he was ready to leave 20 minutes ago. Now he's like, what's the rush, baby? <laughs> Yo, he is feeling himself, okay? Yeah. Oh, he's living his best life. Yeah. And, uh, but Michael's kind of upset because he sees this change and he was like, oh, now that you're the center of attention, it's yep. all okay. All this vanity is okay. Now that, you know, all eyes are on and all hands are on you. That's facts. Though. And he says, don't put someone down for doing what you wish you could do, but can't. Yep. No, I, I was with that. Yeah. Which because, is exactly what Brian has been saying to yeah. Dr. David this whole episode. Because Michael does, have, I mean, um, Michael, um, Dr. David, Dr. David does have that judging eye. Yeah. You know? So yeah, absolutely. Or he's always got a comment on how everyone else is living his life, no, on but, their life. For real though, he does. And, 
that low-key bothers me as well. Like, I know you older, but that doesn't mean you're wiser. You chose to live your way. You know what I'm saying? Like, let us make our own path. Yeah. Uh, so then we see Blake and Ted, and Blake's trying to get Ted to meet up with um, with the other guys. He's like, hey, let's, you know, let's just spend the two of us for a little while here on the dance floor. Let's go find the other guys. And he tells them that he doesn't want to come between them. And Ted says, uh, if a friend of mine has a problem with you, then it means they were never really my friend. Which you said, that's a little bit extreme. It was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can understand you can be like, oh, you have an issue with me. But, right. like, you know, like, I'm, I'm here for you. But to say, oh, they wasn't my friend. Boy. Yeah, because that's not true. It's because yeah. they're your friends that they're behaving this way. Now, yes, some of their actions and words extreme. are over the top, mm-hmm. but yeah. But no, you, those words were way extreme. Like, yeah. Come on now. Yeah, but things get tricky when love and relationships and friendships true. are all tangled up together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we see Brian, and he's he's a little mad because he lost his trick and probably he, still trying to figure them. out how he feels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, how he feels about Justin being up there on stage and then taking <laughs> the guy from him. So he's going to go, you know, lick his wounds in the back room or have someone else lick his wounds, I guess. It <laughs> <laughs> would be more accurate. That part. Uh, so he's going down the stairs, goes into the back room, and he just sees something out of the corner of his eye. And he turns, and it's Justin, and he's there with the trick. And Brian almost looks shocked by the sight <laughs> at first. And I don't, and it could be because maybe he's never seen Justin in the back room with mm-hmm. another guy. That could be it. But I think he, I think he's also shocked that he's shocked, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that he has any kind of reaction to seeing that. Because, I mean, Brian has been in the back room all the time. You know, mm-hmm. he sees guys together all the time. But something about seeing Justin there with that guy, he looks shocked. And he also looks hurt. Like, eye opener. It was an yeah. eye opener. Like, damn, am I missing out on something for real? Yeah. And it's like, he, he I think he looks hurt and a com- maybe a little jealous, too. Yeah. And not jealous of the trick, of course, but... Well, 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 no, not jealous of Justin because he got the guy, but jealous of the guy mm-hmm. because Justin's spending, yeah. you know, that guy's getting to be with Justin. Yep. And it's like, if he could just put his freaking ego aside, mm-hmm. you know, he could have been the one there with him, but he just yep. can't do it yet. But we see in his, we've seen little glimpses of it, but here again, we see in his face, something's, you feel something toward this yeah. kid. No, you, you know, do. Mm-hmm. you really do. And I think for that, um, like you said, it was just a real eye opener. Yeah, eye opener for him. It definitely was an eye opener for him because he knows what Justin offers. He knows Justin's a catch. Yeah. Um, but like you said, it's all ego. Yeah, all it's ego all ego and a little bit of fear too. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, he hides it behind ego, but he's just afraid of what. Like we said, those feelings are new to him, and he's afraid of them. Yeah, you the know? ego is the buffer for the fear. Yeah, I mean, this is the reason why I won't get a pet. I don't want the emotional attachment to a pet. <laughs> Things can happen to pets. And so I was like, I can't do it. And so Brian's that way times a thousand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Michael left Dr. David in a huff. And so now he's walking out of Babylon right as Debbie is running up to him. And she's like, we need to find Brian. Um, you know, where's Brian? We need this money. The money. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you need money. Go to Brian. Yeah. Uh, so they're inside the club and I, and they've told the gang what's going on. And, uh, Brian, well, Brian can't access his money because he can only get $500 out of the ATM. Dr. David offers to write a check, but it has to be a certified, a certified check. So that won't work. So between all of them who probably, you know, have a good bit of money, they can't, can't access it. Yeah. Uh, and so, Ted over, I'm sorry, Blake overhears this and then he goes and talks to some guy and he comes back 
and he gives them a phone number. He's like, call this guy, say this name. They'll put up the money for you. Yep. And so he comes through for them. And it wasn't just some guy. It was the dealer who was, was. trolling the whole night. Yeah. The one who made Ted feel uneasy all night, you know, and he was the one who saved the day. And I was so happy. This was Blake's moment. This right. was like my welcome moment. Like, listen, I can attribute to this group, you know, yeah. have faith in me. Yes, I have a bad past, but... I am here now. I am yes. present in this moment. Yeah, I and I, I think it was also just, this is who Blake is. I think we're getting Karen. to see some other, yeah, parts of, and I think that's something that, that Ted likes about him, that he is a kind and compassionate person if you can remove all the drug stuff. Uh, and so a little bit of him could be doing it just to get the approval for the gang, but I, I really think oh. if he if he can help a person, I think he's going to. Yeah, but I don't, I believe it was genuine. I, I don't do think. He, I, I don't do think... You don't think so? No, I do. I do oh. think it was genuine. Yeah, I don't think he did that, you know, just to say, hey, accept me. I don't think that at all. So if, if that's what it sounded like when I said that, like, I'm not trying to, you know, convey that. I was just trying to say, like, this was his moment. I'm glad yeah. that even though you didn't like his past, it was messy. But being in that life, he knew someone who could help in this moment. And it, it really did. It came through for the whole family, the whole group. Everybody benefited from it. Yeah. Well, and I think they got to see a little bit of what what Ted sees also. But the other thing is, what little bit I know of the drug community from TV shows and movies, to owe a drug dealer is like, you're really risking it to do that. (laughs) You really are risking that arm and leg from the last episode. Yeah. But, um, but Blake does that because mm-hmm. he cares about Ted. He's like, even if he doesn't know Uncle Vic, he knows this is a person that Ted cares about and it's important to Ted yep. and to Ted's friends. And so that's why he does it anyway. Mm-hmm. Now, they better run him back that $5,000 with interest <laughs> very quickly because Tino is going to be knocking at the door. Yeah, but not playing. Yeah, so, yeah, I thought that was a, a very huge moment for uh, Blake. And so then the rest of the gang, they're sitting there... Re- acknowledging that Blake is the one who came through for them, the guy that they couldn't even say two words to mm-hmm. or not two nice words to. Um, <laughs> and so they're all kind of looking a little, little embarrassed, a little guilty. Yeah. And so Michael goes over to him and apologizes. And Blake tells him like, I get it. You care about him. He says, I do too. It's such a classy response. Mm-hmm. I mean, like he recognized, Hey, they treated me shitty because love for this man, which he understands that it was a rocky beginning. So, and the fact that he's not even like, angry, upset, passing judgment towards the friends. Like, yeah. hey, I'm here now. Clean slate. Let's get it. You know, like, it was beautiful. I love that scene. It was yeah. such a classic and then, response. Yeah, and then Michael gives him a hug afterwards. And because, like we said, you know, um, even with all Michael's issues that, that we continue to talk about, he does have a, a caring heart. So, yeah, back at the police station, Uncle Vic is released um, on bail. And we find out that the desk sergeant did eventually relent and give him his pills after that, all. Oh, girl, that made my eyes literally water up. Yeah. All I was missing was it just to fall. <laughs> yeah. It really did. It water yeah. Up. So he's probably still a homophobic jerk, but at least he had enough decency and humanity to give the guy the medicine that he needs. Yeah. I mean, oh, that really touched me. Yeah. But it just goes back to Deb. She never gave up. She got that fight in her, that love, that fire in her. I just loved it. It was great. Yeah. Uh, so back home with Dr. David and Michael, Michael's all jealous. <laughs> and uh, Dr. David's feeling good. I think he likes that, that <laughs> Michael's jealous. You know, he definitely appreciated the attention he was getting uh, there at Babylon. And, uh, and you know, Michael's telling him, well, well, basically, Michael's just expressing why he's jealous uh, <laughs> of all the attention that he got. And he tells him, you know, there are other things other than just looks to me that are important. And he tells him that his priorities are 
his job, his, his son, son, and and, and Michael, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Michael asks him to give him a, a private dance. So. I wanted it too. <laughs> I mean, he he was really looking like a whole snack. Yeah. In this episode. <laughs> okay. The next morning at the diner, the gang's all there having breakfast, and uh, Brian is in a bit of a mood, <laughs> and the gang picks up on it, and the Emmett says, "Oh, it looks like the cub caught the lion's prey." <laughs> and then Ted makes a comment about how the younger studs are snapping at his heels, basically <laughs> like, "Hey, you better run, run faster, faster and faster." Yeah, but yeah, with that, so the gang knows that Brian's upset, but I think they misunderstand why he's upset. Like, they don't have the full picture because what they're talking about, that's not the real issue. Brian's position as a stud of Liberty Avenue is, wasn't threatened because that's not even what Justin was trying to do. He didn't go there their night intending to compete in that contest. It was, he was trying to prove a point to Brian. So this was more of a conversation between the two of them than anything else. But like we said, they don't know all of the inner workings of that relationship. So... And nevertheless, they're here for the tea. And then over in the corner, we had Ted and Blake like booed up together in the uh, booth. Yeah, I loved it. It was cute. Yeah. Uh, so Brent walks in uh, with his new love and he and um, Emmett get their closure here. And he says, you look good. Are you, are you seeing anyone? And Emmett's like, when would I have met anyone? Yes. We were together five hours ago. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but they get the closure that they both need and deserve. And what? Tell that funny part, though, like, literally, so he says, are you with someone? And he said, we just met. Oh, so you'll be free later on this evening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Emma's going to get in that last jab. Oh, yeah. I loved it. Better believe oh. it. Uh, so then the king walks in. Justin walks in and has a seat. And he asks Brian, well, how was he? But Brian does Well, I'm sorry. Brian asks Justin, how was he? But Brian doesn't look up. He's acting like, you know, he doesn't really even care. He's reading his paper. Like, how was he? And he just wanted him to say, not better than you. <laughs> That's probably what he wanted. Uh, and Justin's like, oh, you know, we we were at it all night or whatever. And he starts to go into the story. And Brian says, that's enough. Like, cuts him off. And then Ted says, well, no, I want to hear every <laughs> single detail. Like, tell it slowly. Because <laughs> Ted is messy. <laughs> but but he also too. loves seeing Brian on his back foot, you know, because yeah. he's so used to this confident Brian. Mm-hmm. And so he loves that. And so Justin goes on to tell the story. You know, we were at it all night. Then he started getting clingy and he asked me when when he could see me again. And at this point, Brian looks up because he's like, wait a minute. Yeah. I don't think he likes that. Idea uh-huh. too much, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Like, wait a minute now. Uh, this must be just a little one night thing. Um, but also he recognizes that because that's what Justin said yep. to him after their first night. When can I see you again? And so Brian just kind of stares at him. He's like, well, what did you tell him? And he says, I told him he could see me in his dreams, which was exactly what Brian said to Justin. And then they just hold each other's gaze for a while. Girl, that, that gaze. I loved it. <laughs> that is one of the things that makes this one of my favorite episodes. Yes. Um, they didn't even have to say anything. I know. There's so much communicated between them in just that gaze. And because Justin knows what he's doing. Like, yeah. Yeah. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows like, the hey, you're not going to take me for granted. Yeah. I can play your game. In fact, I can beat you at your game because that's what he did that control. night. Yeah. And just like, like we've said, like, I can have anyone I want, but I've chosen you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then Brian's looking at him and I think there's so much going on in Brian's mind. I think 
part of it is like, okay, touche, grasshopper, yeah, exactly. you know, because like, okay, Justin's learning these lessons well. He has to give him his props because, yes, like you said, Justin is learning these lessons well, you know, and not only when he's tested, he's rising above. Like, yeah. I mean, he's head of the yeah, class. Yeah, I mean, getting A plus, yeah, <laughs> A pluses no, in class. For real. But also, I think Brian, he feels, he's jealous, yeah. I think, and so like, he's got, I think he's kind of like, fascinated, you know, or amused about these feelings that he's having within himself. They're new to him. Yeah, they're new to him. It's like, I kind of feel a way about the fact that you were with this guy and he was asking about seeing you again. Uh (laughs) You know? Plus, he saw him because Brian could have just went and grabbed anybody else on the dance floor, but it seems like he just went home after what he saw in the back room when he saw Justin with with Sean with that trick. It seems like he just went home because he was all grumpy and grouchy the next morning. Mm -hmm. Um, so he was clearly affected by that. And then still this morning, those feelings are lingering. And so, yeah, I think in his mind, there's just a whole lot going mm-hmm. on within in his mind. Yeah. Like the light bulb is flickering. It yeah. It come mm-hmm. on all the way, but it's, it's a little flicker. Yeah. Because, and Justin does this periodically, like we said, but this is him showing like, I don't have to be here. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. True. Uh, I can be gone. I mean, because, you know, it almost happened with the college thing. And, you know, Brian was happy that he's going to stick around from that. But it's like, I can still be in Pittsburgh, but not be here in your face. Yep. Kind of what Brian, what Justin is showing him. So Brian's having to decide, to decide what he thinks about all that and how he feels about it. Mm-hmm. I also think that Justin is extending an olive branch to Brian at the end when they're, you know, staring at each other. Like, I still want you, but I just want you to know that you're not going to take me for granted. And I want you to remember that you're not my only option. And I tell you, nothing humbles a person more than letting them know that you got options. And that's how this episode ends. Yeah, this episode was fun. I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Like, I love the comedic aspects of it. Too. Yeah, it was fun, especially coming off the last one, which was yeah. b- very well, emotionally heavy. heavy. Uh-huh. Yeah, which this one has a little bit of that, too, with, with what's going on with Vic. And we'll still have to see. He's just out on bail. So we'll have to see yeah. how that goes. But then also with uh, Blake and Ted. But yeah, I did like that this one was was fun. Yeah. And also, yeah, with this one too, with the whole Blake and Ted thing, I like that we got to see a little more into that relationship. A yeah, little more in that depth. it's not just a physical yeah, connection between the, them. Yeah, it was the emotional. And I love that about Ted because I feel like he is that emotional character. You yeah. Know? So I like the little breakdown of this um, episode. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed this one, too. And if you haven't already, for our newcomers, go ahead and go to LibertyDinerDish.com. Um, you can um, follow us as well on Instagram and Facebook, Liberty Diner Dish, um, and Twitter as well. And we just want to say thank you guys for listening to us. Um, until the next time, guys, we are out of here. Bye. Bye.